Welcome to Marketecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews of leading technology vendors. I'm Mike Shields, and I'm here with Greg Dale. He's the general manager of digital for CompScore. Hey, Greg, thanks for being here. Mike, thanks for asking. No problem. So normally I start off with a big, broad, what is your company do question. I want to do that, but we should probably be clear that CompScore does a lot of stuff. We're probably, we're probably not talking about you tracking box office sales, for example. So I think we should probably, what, what does your company do in the context of media planning, buying, measurement, currency, that end of the spectrum? Gotcha. From, from that end of the spectrum, you know, kind of you leave movies off to the side is, you know, we're, we're a source for everything from TV through digital advertising measurement, you know, on the TV side, it's linear, national, we have local, we're very strong in local, um, you know, we're driven by set-top box data source across. We have uh, advertising measurement that is, was the true cross-platform where you can measure not only TV advertising, but in context of what's going on in CTV, as well as digital with our CCR product. And then digital, which I'm the GM of, covers everything. Recently, we uh, I came back to Comscore. I was originally here at the beginning for a number of years as we built the business up. And I've come back through a social company, Shareably, that Comscore recently acquired, adding that to our digital portfolio. But aside from social, it's you know mobile, desktop. We have panels. We have the largest census network out there. You know, 5,000 plus sites are participating with Comscore's digital product. Thousands of sites have implemented us from streaming measurement as well across. So from, from a currency, we, we really run the gamut and we're the most holistic source out there. Okay. I want to dive into a lot of this, those different things you mentioned in parts of the company, sure. but let's cover off some of the basics here. Some of these will make a little more sense for startups, I suppose. But can you give us the basics? I'm like, you know, when was Comscore founded? Where are you based? How many employees that you have? Sure. So Comscore was founded in 1999 in Reston, Virginia. That's still our headquarters. Main offices are, are for those of you who don't know Reston, it's uh, in Washington, D.C., outside of the uh, Beltway there. It's Virginia, New York are key, but we're a multinational company. We're public traded on NASDAQ. So, you know, we have offices all over the world. And these are true offices, you know, across Latin America, Brazil, Mexico, Chile. We're in Canada, Mexico, uh, across Europe. UK is our headquarters there, Netherlands. And then we have offices in APAC as well. So we're truly broad, about 1,700 plus employees right now for us globally. And is it a fair assumption where you have offices, you also operate as a measurement company in those markets? Yes. Okay. Now, internationally, it, different markets will have different levels of service available. And that's something we're actually evolving to be able to kind of offer different programs in different countries. Um, right. Typically, we've been in kind of a similar product wherever we operate. And some of that's changing. But yes, we have uh, okay. full measurement services in there in all the places I mentioned. And roughly, can you, this will differ maybe by parts of the company, but how much of a comp score is engineering versus data science versus sales versus product people? Do you have any sense of the makeup? Yes, I, I would say we're probably 60-40 product engineering to the other side of the business. Okay. So that's that's everyone from people developing data science and the product folks. Right. Okay. And you, I was going to ask you about ownership structure, but you've been a public company for quite a while, right? Yes. In 2007 is when we okay. went public. Gotcha. All right. Let's get into product. And there are probably several products that are relevant here. I think a lot of people probably, if you're in the digital advertising world, specifically you think of Comscore as one of the first companies that could tell you how big websites were, how many unique users sites had. Mm -hmm how many impressions were generated for campaigns. But obviously you mentioned your uh, measure streaming and other cross-platform 
Can you, can you maybe break down the different products that advertisers might use or media companies might use in this context? Sure. Our, our flagship product is media metrics. And yep. so, and most people probably know us, Comscore, they measure sites, they do the rankings. And, and media metrics started off, as you said, hey, it just ranked top sites. It was desktop based. Over the years, that has evolved to add in mobile measurement. So we're measuring where people are going, not only desktop, but mobile devices as well. That's multi-platform now, so you have a complete view. So you're able to see that, and that's visitation of sites. You can see duration. But, you know, unique visitors are what most people focus on so they can understand what's my reach going to be mm-hmm. when I look at different sites. What are the demographics when I'm looking at planning? We have video metrics, which gives you not just did someone visit, but were they watching a video? How long? What's going on there? And you see that uh, multi-platform view as well, where you have desktop and mobile. Okay. We also have connected TV that we're measuring as well. So that's streaming from connected devices that we're able to measure through a connected TV product as well. So digital, that kind of runs the gamut of own. And then with the acquisition of Shareably since last year. So Shareably was a company that was developed off all the social feeds. So when you look at, you know, you look at Meta, so Facebook, Instagram, you have Google with YouTube, as mentioned, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, you know, we're measuring across the board through the social feeds. Okay. So that's included in our digital products as well. So let me just make sure I'm clear on that because I, I think I counted four products, but maybe some of those are pieces of other products. So there's, you measure website traffic and desktop and mobile, you measure video consumption, you measure streaming consumption and social distribution and consumption. Are those all four different distinct things? Can you buy them all together? Like, what does that look like? Most people buy, they're interested in, in the gamut. Some might not buy, like, for instance, CTV as an option if they don't play mm-hmm. in that space. They're more interested in just, hey, what's going on? And it's usually people buy multi-platform media metrics and video metrics if they're interested in the video side, which most folks are. Right. CTV is separate and then social is a separate subscription okay. as well. I want to get into your customers eventually, but maybe you can help me catch up on how those products gather the information that they do. Because I think that probably evolved a lot over the years that people still probably associate you with the old school desktop product and panel-based measurement. Where does your data come from, from these various products? How does it work? The quick primer on it is, you're right, when we started off back in the day, it was, we said, hey, we're going to build a a different type of panel to measure what happens digitally. Because you you couldn't go out with the old TV model and say, I'm going to get 20 or 30,000 people at measure. You just didn't have the granularity. So we said, we're going to create a, a, a panel, hundreds of thousands of machines that we're going to be able to measure and bring that in. That was actually only through the first part of our business. That's still a very integral part. But in the late you know, 2000s, we switched to a hybrid model. So that's what we said, look, we need to get the volume and the census level information that you can get from tag-based measurement in combination with a panel. And that's what created unified digital measurement. So that's how kind of our services are really created. You think it's that combination of desktop, mobile panels, and tags all coming together to be able to give us the most accurate measurement. So let me just make sure I understand the difference of the panel. How how big is the panel? And are you, how does that differ from measuring tags? Is that that like tracking? My assumption is you you panel, you see everything a set amount of people does on digital properties. And then the tags will tell you whatever, everything about what, who visits a particular property. Is that the right way to look at it? Yeah. The way I, the way I like to describe it is like the panel. I, I think the panel is the brain because you get, Hey, what people are doing all across sites. I know the demographics of the people I'm tracking someone specifically who's opted into the panel to say, here's my demos. Here's, and then 
find out what I do. We can measure what they're doing in the browser, what they're doing on apps, you know, what they're driving. It's, it's a great source of information. What you, what you miss in a panel is you miss the granularity of tonnage. So when you get down to, okay, I want to see this very small site. What, what is, how many pages, how many sessions do they have? It's much more accurate to calibrate that off tag-based data that they're sharing back with us. Right. So those are the two sources that really come together that drive it. So the tonnage comes from the tags and kind of the demographics and the unique visitors, all of that get derived from the panel and the ratios you're able to understand between the two. And how many participants are in the panel and how many tags you're out there? How many sites do you have tagged? What's the best way to quantify these things? Um, and again, I'll, and I'll speak kind of countrywide on the panel because each panel or each country has sure. a different the size and shape of the panel, just like do we not have TV services in all countries. In some countries, we have like a, a mobile panel. Some we don't. We just have a desktop or tag based. Mm -hmm. So in the U.S., you have um, over 150,000, you know, panelists that participate on the desktop side. You've got 20,000 plus on the mobile side that you have out there. And those are individuals that we're measuring that are bringing data back in. You know, just from the panel component. Now, when you think of the tag side is you have over 5,000 uh, websites that are tagging at some level with us, and you have a thousand plus that have, again, kind of more intricate tags to measure streaming because you need additional information to be okay. able to get the full, full granularity there. And that's those apps, streaming sites, et cetera, that give us the information that drives into uh, kind of the video side of the products okay. of those video metrics. And in terms of the... I want to put putting, putting streaming and CTV aside for a second, in terms of your video product, is it similar in scale that the same panel, same tag configuration for the, for video consumption or not necessarily? It's the same panel. The, the tags, you rely more on the video tags to measure the video. And that's, that's the key difference. So is that is, footprint smaller because video is not, not everybody's robust video product or not necessarily? I wouldn't say it's smaller. It's just you have you have less people that are actually publishing video that yeah. would need to tag versus right. okay. you know traditional sites. That's the real difference. And then in terms of of CTV, um, mm -hmm. is it a similar process? Like, do you need do you go out and integrate with all the major app providers? You know, the Amazon Prime, Netflix, Peacock, those guys, or is it more based on consumers and you're plugging into whatever device they're using? I don't know whether that's a Roku or CTV or Physio, or you do, or both. What does that look like? What it looks like is, you know, it's mainly the publishers that are producing the content that are putting the tags in. Hey, we want to be able to measure how many people are watching our streams through whatever device. So they're they're actually implementing the measurement in the applications that sit on the Apple TV or sit on a Roku device, and share that back with us. We do, you know, and one of the great things about Comscore is that the number of data sources that we have available. We're actually getting some of that data directly from the providers, as you mentioned, that can share that back as well. So we measure it from the tags coming in, and then we have sources where providers like Oroku would be sharing back data sets with us. Okay. With CTV, how would you gauge how your footprint is now and maybe where you'd like it to be? Is it Because it's been difficult to get comprehensive measurement there in general because you mm -hmm. have you know, it's just a ton of fragmentation with different devices between the televisions themselves, the streaming devices, the app providers, other players. Some of them are more willing to share than others. How is that shaping up? But can you give the ad community a pretty comprehensive look at like what is popping in CTV right now? What are, what are, where are the ad opportunities? Do you have a pretty good sense there with how that footprint's shaping up? 
Yes, we do. And that's that's actually one of the things this year we're kind of trying to reimagine the way we present those products because one of the, the challenges we have is we have a lot of different data and how do you surface it in a way to make it easy for the ad community or other folks to comprehend and, and digest what we have to be able to make decisions off of. So when you think of some of the different sources, I think the best approach, which we've been, we started with is that census approach to bring, hey, that covers wherever they're implemented, that's bringing us back. So we understand what's going on from the viewing perspective. Now, obviously that the limitation there is that's a participating model where you know, only folks that are tagging are able to see that census level data. So we can answer other questions from our from our panels where we can see what they're doing, what they're you know going after. And you have different benefits with each. With a panel, sometimes you can see person level data where with other data sources, you're only seeing a household level or tonnage. So I can answer different questions about who are the types of people who go watch Netflix versus how many individual streams came back for particular level show level granularity. Right. So we kind of can mix mix and match those to show you the best view depending on what question you're trying to answer. Okay. And, and I think you've already almost sort of answered this, but there's been a lot of discussion in the media research measurement world about whether, whether do we need panels anymore? Do panels make sense in 2022? You know, you'll have some arguing that, no, no, we can just track everything. That's, on, that's, that's a dated way of doing things. Others say, no, you need them to get demographic data, to triangulate measurement, where do you fall on the census versus panel debate if you believe there is one? I, I know there is one. People mm-hmm. like to have have the discussion. And that really came out back, like I said, back when we developed hybrid measurements many years ago. I, I think there will always be a very significant place for panels. They can't do it all, as we talked about, but I would be hard-pressed to try to do what we do without a panel. You're going to lose so much insight, so much of that glue that is the connective tissue between these different sources, like I was just talking about with CTV, having having that panel gives you the intelligence. And I think is as we see our industry move from kind of where we started to kind of getting crazy with targeting, you look at social with Cambridge Analytica, all the things blowing up and where things are going. You look at the third party cookies going away. You look at all these changes. Everyone keeps struggling to say, hey, there's going to be some kind of ID that we're going to be able to latch on to. But I truly think over time, you're not going to be able to rely on that or not be able to do things at scale. So you're going to have a lot of tonnage that you can't tie back to activity unless you have the intelligence you can get from a panel. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the real key to that argument is panels are necessary and they can't do it all, but it's very difficult to do things without them to really have that intelligence. I want to go back to that that idea of this universal ID that people theorize about or desire maybe or maybe not. But I want to maybe, it makes sense. We keep referring to your customers and what they buy. Mm-hmm. Who are your customers? Are they mostly media companies? Who Are they brands, agencies, everybody? Kind of who who pays for what and how does it work? <laughs> at, at, at this point, it's a lot of everybody because Comscore has been, you know, we've been the preeminent source for any kind of digital information for a number of years. It's media planning and buying. So, you know, the agencies are huge customers of ours because they're out planning the campaigns. Some brands are buying direct depending on how they're set up to understand the intelligence they want. And, you know, we have incredible coverage across media and publishers because they're constantly using our data as the, as the third-party source to represent, hey, here's what you're able to buy with us from, from an independent, you know, trusted brand that you know we are what we're representing. Right. And then, it, like, when, it, when a media company works with you, I don't know, let's say Paramount or Fox, do they mm-hmm. pay for access to this? Do they also 
pay you to, in, to integrate on their apps? Like, what is that map? How's that rollout work look like? Sure. So uh, they definitely, you know, pay for access to all of our services. Now, what we did with with tagging and kind of allowing people to track through Comscore. When we originally set up that program, we wanted it to be anyone that wanted to participate. If you're a customer or not, you can have the best representation of yourself by sharing that data through our system, and that that does not cost anything. Okay. Now, when you want to see the results of our data, be able to see, you know, how do you compare versus others? And again, there's a ton of competitive insights that people do. Who's spending money with who? I mean, that's what one of the one of the great things. You know, when you look at our products, you can go down and say who is advertising with other publishers and you know you have your target list of why are these guys you know advertising with our competitors when they should be advertising with us and then mm-hmm. boom they're going after so that kind of insight publishers are buying that data and that kind of understanding from us okay and and then in the case of publishers when they buy your data when they integrate are they choosing you over a Nielsen or somebody else or is it really vary by customer i again i think we're pretty dominant on the digital side they're picking us i think when they want to look at cross-platform, we're again, I mean, Nielsen has some products now on the measurement side and coming out with some things that, but we're the, uh, you know, we're the default source there because of the breadth that, that we're able to cover. I think they'll pick other players for maybe specific pieces or maybe for cost reasons, you know, they might pick um, someone who like might have a census only or some of the other approaches mm-hmm. that don't have the rigor that Comscore data has behind it. But, you know, again, I think it depends if, if someone's trying to get video, digital, you know, social, kind of the, the whole package they're coming to us. Uh, you mentioned the census data. One of the, one of the mm-hmm. selling points of many of the new entrants in this world is they have, they're often plugged into a specific TV provider or multiple providers and they have ACR data coming in to tell them what's on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the argument there is that they know exactly what's happening with advertising and shows. As I understand it, I believe you guys integrate some data from some of these ACR providers, but I've saw one of your, one of your colleagues speak at a panel about this. Mm -hmm. She was saying that that's uh, the average ACR company doesn't have enough of a sample size to work on its own. So I guess it's a two part question. Like what's your answer to the the ACR thing? And Mm -hmm. is that a viable, is it complimentary or is it competitive? Could, Could it be competitive? Um, I'm trying to think how to how to answer that, that that question. Kind of, there's a couple a couple different questions within there. Again, yeah. and I can say we, even within TV data, we've we've used ACR data in the past as well in combination with set topics data. And what we've come back and and there's some interesting insights we can show. I, I believe with the set top box data in the rules and the methodology that we've laid out we can be far more accurate than actually the ACR data. And again, it gets to, like I was talking about, the, the combination of, of panel and census. You, you really can't measure the granularity that you need to get to when you're just looking at, at ACR data. It's it's It, it falls apart mm-hmm. as you get bigger on it. And that's, I mean, we did some analyses that show with, with Super Bowl on like what were things that were missed and like how do, you know, stations with basically the data that's coming through not get handled and I think on the TV side, you know, again, I think you see us really taking big strides in what's happening, especially in local markets where, like, if you think it's a challenge at a national level, trying to deal with very small samples in the local market, it falls apart very quickly. And that's always been one of the challenges. And you've seen, I think, the competition in TV through the years is 
you know, that's that's where a lot of people have come in and said, look, local market is is a huge challenge because, you know, the current providers can't really measure it. And I think that's where you've seen originally Red Track and now as part of Comscore that developed into, you know, one of our core assets as being the, you know, kind of the leader in what we can do in local markets. That makes sense to me that you could fill in the blanks in local markets when, when a certain TV provider may not be well represented there or not. But at the same time, is that asset diminishing because as people cut the cord and there's fewer set-top boxes to measure? Well, again, that's where what's nice is when people cut the cord, we're measuring what's happening through the apps themselves and everything. Right. And we're able to have that complete picture where if you were just relying on the TV side on measuring linear data, you would you would lose that. Right. So that's, you know, and that's part of the design of Comscore is that we're, you know, one of the taglines we talked about with Comscore everywhere is we're able to measure across and really understand that 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 plays to our strength. But you're, you're correct, you know, is that that those are trends that are happening and you see mm-hmm. a change. And if we head into a recession as, as people are betting, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, more cords will get cut and people right. will cut back. And, you know, how do you measure and how do you understand? And that's that's where, you know, we have sources across kind of linear as well as connected right. that can tell that whole picture. You mentioned you came back to the company through the Shareably acquisition. Can you explain why, because you might think, well, Comscore tracks, um, you're, you're plugged into mobile devices, you see what people are doing mm-hmm. on their phones. And, and so you, you don't you already see what's happening with Facebook and TikTok and everybody else? But what, so what, what's, what's the shareable acquisition do there? Sure. So when you, when you think of, and again, it gets back to this kind of panel census conversations, this kind of a thread going through most of our discussion is that with, with Comscore and the panels, I could see, Hey, you're on TikTok, you're spending time, but to the granularity of where you're going, that's where the census data comes into play. And shareable was all about getting the data from the APIs. So we're seeing what pages you're visiting, where you're going, the specifics of what what is happening on the social side. So I can tell you, um, it is similar to the, one of the examples I gave on the on the digital side, on the owned and operated. With with social, I can go in and say, hey, who, where's branded content going, and who's you know who's sponsoring whom, and mm-hmm. you know how much traffic is that getting? What are the players? What are the trends that are happening specifically, either across networks or within a network? Those are questions you can't answer from a very small panel understanding what's, you know, what's happening kind of through mobile, which is a primary driver of social or even on the desktop side. So you really need both those pieces. And that was that was why Shareable and Comscore came together is that was a that was a missing piece to really fully understand what's happening socially. Great. I, I do want to come back to you. We talked about some of your typical customers. I want to make sure I, I and this is, again, you have a very broad array of customers, but maybe you can mm-hmm. walk us through a specific customer use case or two. Maybe it makes sense to break this into brand versus media company, but like, can you maybe walk through like who would the, who would the organization is using the product? Where in the process of, the, of, of executing or planning a buy? Do they use it? What do they get? Okay, sure. Let's start with the brand maybe or brand or agency, I guess. Okay. So what I would say is a lot of what we're about when you kind of get beyond like who's comes from, what is it? We're really connecting marketers, research and ad sales. That's a lot of the environment that we're playing in and okay. who's really into our data. I have the, the love data tagline behind me, but it's, it is people who really need to understand what's happening and what's going on. So when you think of a brand, they're going out and most of the time working through an agency and they're saying, okay, who do we want to connect with, with our brand? I need to understand when you when you start from the broad 
where is the audience that I want to go after? You can understand that through ComScore mm -hmm. because you're looking at the demographics. You can look at and like one of the some of the interesting things with the social, you can look at affinities. So who are the types of people? You know, this is a lot of the third party stuff that may or may not go away as people are trying to understand audiences and interactions. So they're using all of the ComScore data in planning that buy of where do they want to spend their money? What do they want to do? How are they evaluating these different sources? Uh, reach and frequency estimates, you know, that's all ComScore that you're able to do. Then when you actually run the campaign, you can measure the performance of that campaign through our advertising performance as well. So okay. that's like from a, from, a, from a brand or a media perspective, media buyer, that's the magic of ComScore. And it's gotten more sophisticated over the years. It used to be the beginning, hey, what are those sites where I can get the tonnage and what are the demographics? And as it's gotten more and more sophisticated, along with adding the measurement piece in of the actual campaigns themselves. And just interrupt you there for a second. In those two cases, the planning level, are you bumping up against the media mix modeling companies like a Miller Brown or somebody else, or are you kind of fueling them with data to make those decisions? I would say we're more fueling versus competing against them because people are going to have marketing mix models to look across everything they do Okay. In, in at a high level. But when you need to get down to the granularity of what do you really need to do, again, kind of like the panel argument, the media mix model isn't going to give you that granularity of, hey, right. where do I want to go spend my money and what do I want to do? Right. Okay. So then getting into reach frequency and particular campaign plans, that's you guys. They're, they're more like... High level, high should, level. We do, should we do radio or not or whatever? Correct. And then in terms of like the campaign tracking, are you, you know, like uh, brands can also, you know, they, they often use ad serving or whoever, or a lot of different sources mm -hmm. to get back data on what they ended up buying and, and where what customers did. Are you complimenting that, com competing with that, replacing that? I, I would say more complimenting that is that, again, w one of the things is, Throughout its history, ComScore has been an independent third party, and people mm -hmm. want to have that understanding of, okay, does does their data agree with what, what the ad server might be saying? You can buy it through the ad servers. You know, it's giving you that that real full picture, you know, from from a demo perspective, right. from what's happening, and that's that's why they're buying the the ComScore products. Plus, a lot of times, if you want to measure across different sources, they're not going to be able to get that from the digital ad server either. Right. You, you mentioned brand, big brands and agencies. Do you primarily cater to the classic, like, you know, top 200 ad, ad age customers, the uh, big TV advertisers? Do you work with small, small and mid-sized businesses, DTC brands? We, we go all the way through the tail um, because, you know, of course, the, the biggest players are some of our biggest clients just from a volume perspective. But like I mentioned, with the, the census capabilities that we have, everyone can participate and sometimes small brands, you know, it's, you know, or, or small sites, it's more important for them to have that validation in the backup of someone like ComScore right. to understand what's going on. So we play definitely, you know, across the board. Right. I, I think something we haven't mentioned is we've talked kind of media planning and buying. Obviously, any anyone in the media publishing business or, you know, that's kind of bread and butter for us. But, you know, financial services is another key component within brands. Consumer packaged goods are buying you know, a lot of data from us and looking across. And again, that gets into, you know, that's a big compliment with, with shareably with the social information they're able to provide is to get that full understanding mm -hmm. um, you know, across what they're doing. So those are just just different kind of, you know, verticals within. Right. And I should I should go back to we were talking about your typical customer on the sell side. 
if we're talking about a big media company, how they actually use you in practice, mm-hmm. is it, and again, this is probably going to vary, is it primarily the ad sales research team using your data to say, hey, look, we're, we're, we have our number one show against this demographic. Our app is really big or not big compared to somebody else. Or is it also more and more our comp scores data says that X and we're going to use this to make, to ink a deal, to use it to be the, to underpin a transaction or contract? I would say kind of traditionally, it's been kind of more ad sales and be able to pin a, you know, be able to make the case for your brand. More and more, it's moving to okay, this is the source we can use it to ink the deal. I think, you know, again, I, I think that happens, you know, less than less than people think sometimes that mm-hmm. uh, of, of how that's actually used. But I, I think you'll see a lot of our marketing. What we talk about is from a currency perspective, whether it's local market, whether it's digital side. You know, CompScore is a currency, right? Okay. And then I should make sure I ask you, what, how does your pricing model work? And, may, and this may be different, different by product and side of the business. Typically, our, our pricing model is, think of it as SaaS-based subscription. What's the breadth? Users, you know, everything you buy. I talked about a number of different services. So you're setting up that kind of service and having access. Uh, I'm a big fan of, I like people to just buy Comscore and get what they need to answer the questions and drive it across. Some of the products like uh, advertising, you can buy campaigns or measuring, you know, kind of groups of them over time, you know, is a, is a model that works mm-hmm. as well. And similar on TV, you're buying subscriptions and usually multi-year um, services from us. So in, given that it's a, it's a subscription-based model, often or most partners using, is are they kind of, you know, like, is it self-serve and they're doing this themselves? Do they have account managers? Do you meet with them regularly? Like, what does that look like? There's certainly self-serve capabilities with everything we do, mm-hmm. but we have a customer success team that, that partners with our clients. Yeah, you know, it really helps them not only understand the data, but how are they using it to drive decisions? What else can they get access to? How can they, you know, it's it's all about how do we get, you know, help our customers get the most value out of the right. information. And and that also that's how we innovate and develop what's next, what do they need, what other questions can we answer right. for the industry. Because we we have a lot of the data there, and it's what is what is the next thing that needs to be surfaced up to make everyone smarter. Right. We've mentioned some of the names already, but who do you see as your primary competitors, or who are you bumping up against in the market right now? I think you'd really have to look at that by area. I mean, you know, I think we've mentioned Nielsen, who's the biggest player national, like for sure. for years for national ratings. Of course, are out there. I think on a digital side. You know, there are folks that play in different markets around the, the world. One of the things we haven't mentioned is, is you know, kind of outside of the U.S., companies a lot of times offer or operate on a very different model where one country will select a provider mm. for uh, measurement services, whether it's digital or TV. We partner with a lot of folks in those situations. So it's funny, someone you might see as a competitor, we're actually working together and providing services within a market for an industry like that. I think, you know, when you look across digital, it can be anywhere from, you know, what are the ad servers? Like, what are they sharing out? There are folks that will provide, you know, some level of census-based advertising back to you. But again, we've, we've been kind of the key player there. I think in the advertising space, you're seeing a lot of people come out. There's a lot of buzz with, um, you know, everyone from VideoAmp, iSpot, all these other players are coming in saying, hey, we can do this, or we're becoming currencies. I think when you see folks like NBC or others saying, naming us, naming some of the others in that bucket as people they're trying out, you know, I think as, you know, as the market collides, 
you know, or, or combines when you look at the lines being blurred between TV, CTV, you know, digital. I think we've got a huge advantage in how we're set up, but I think that's, you know, everyone's trying to play in those games and stake some kind of claim. Yeah. Speaking of some of those newer entrants, one of the, one of the differences I think between you guys and, and some of them is that they are often act as um, they're, they're, they're either buying media and repackaging it as part of their measurement offerings, or they're, they're not completely third party, depending on why you define a third party, I guess. Are you, do you see a big distinction there? Are you going to get into that world or is that a place you don't want to go? I would say that's a place we don't want to go. I think one of the things that Comscore, like to have the credibility, you can't be the referee and take a side. That's Mm -hmm. always been a challenge uh, when you look at it because people wonder what, what interests are being served. And anytime you get into measurements, anyone who watches sports, you believe someone in measurement is biased that, you know, that's going to color your whole world of how you watch. And that's, that's something that the Comscore's had since the beginning. You mentioned earlier on that uh, there's a desire often to like, can we just have one web identifying everybody, no matter what we're talking about, what screen, what plat, what platform, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's maybe a dream desire to have like either one product that tells you reach frequency, no matter what medium you're using mm-hmm. one, maybe one perfect dashboard where everything you, where you got everything. Is that something you were aiming towards that at all realistic to where this industry is going or needs to go? Yes. I think it is. I think that has to be the vision of where, you know, we want to get to. I think right now we've got a lot of that dashboard filled out, as I talked about, you know, kind of with the different data sources and what we're able to do. I think more and more, I think I mentioned it when I talked about the products, I don't want people to buy my metrics or video metrics or some of the key. I I want them to have a subscription with Comscore that answers all those questions Uh and makes it as easy as possible at a high level to see Here's what I need to make decisions. If I want to dive deeper into the data, I'm able to do that. But, you know, it's all about, am I spending my money in the most efficient way possible? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what folks want to know. And they want to know the performance across those different, you know, media. And that's the real holy grail of, I think, right. where we've all been trying to get to. Great. A couple of last ones before we get into the lightning round to close things out. Sure. And you maybe already have hinted at this. What is your one to two year product roadmap, if you can articulate it? Sure. When you, you look at where we are, There are going to be a lot of changes coming forward with kind of third-party cookies going away and kind of the whole industry shifting. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be shifts in our digital product where we are moving to that first-party data model. This is going to be better from a privacy point of view for all of our clients. We're getting out ahead of where people need to be and want to be. Mm -hmm. And that's going to create a more streamlined product for us with additional capabilities that will be built in for the publishers because they're all going through this challenge right now of how do they change the service? How do they manage the data different? How do I, and I, I can't underscore the privacy side enough. And that's that's the challenge with a lot of these ID-based solutions is that's the underpinning of how wide can it go? What can it be done? It becomes back to the relationships. We're building a privacy kind of ID independent model that can take that in for different pieces, but doesn't need it. So mm-hmm. from a digital point of view, you're going to see tighter integration between the products so you can get to that more one answer versus going several different places. You're going to be you're seeing CTV be more integrated in with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to see more of a focus on daily and quicker turnaround data. So all those things are coming down the path, you know, on the digital side. I think with with our advertising related products, you're going to see continuing build out of that cross-platform measurement across campaigns, the way that's set up with TV, I think you're going to see more and more 
of a focus on, hey, building out our local footprint, what we're able to do, the turnaround with the data, the capabilities, in, in addition to uh, what we're able to do on the national front. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned your public company. So there's some, there's plenty of this is out there, but what can you tell us in terms of business metrics currently, revenue growth, profitability, those kind of things? On, on the, the growth perspective, I think some of the things Comscore has gone through in the past few years have been more kind of uh, have hampered growth a bit with mm-hmm. uh, just dealing with kind of the de- the things of being a, a larger corporation sometimes with the way we shifted investors. I think you're seeing Comscore getting back on a growth footing where that's going to be a big driver. So you'll be able to see kind of bigger increases than we've had in the past. I don't want to speak to the, the financial metrics Yep. as we get to. But I think that's the driver of you're seeing us kind of go from kind of more defensive through the pandemic. How does this get managed? Dealing with some of the other things to, hey, we're back on offense. That's why we brought Shareably back into Comscore. That's where we're making changes on the digital side. That's why you see the advances we're making with the CCR product, you know, across. You see us, you know, becoming a major player kind of in the, in the currency space on the mm-hmm. TV side as well and continuing to make inroads and, and gain not only accolades, but clients on that front. Okay, terrific. Um, it is time for lightning round. Hopefully, we're, hopefully right. you're ready. We're looking for short answers off the top of your head if we can here. Okay. What is the one competitive advantage you have versus other solutions? The breadth of the data that we have across platforms. Why won't the walled gardens such as Google, Facebook, or Amazon just crush you? The walled gardens are only a piece of the world, no matter how big they are, and everyone wants to have counterbalances. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest product or market challenge? Biggest um, kind of market challenge, I think, will be the unknowns in the changing landscapes with privacy and regulation. Sure. Uh, what is the number one reason customers choose not to use your product? The number one they would choose not to use our product um, that is tough. Um, I would say scale. They're not at scale. Yeah. And if your company was an animal, what animal would it be? If our company were an animal, um, I would say we are, we are a leopard because we're getting back the, the agility that we need to get back and, and moving quickly. I like that. I think it's the first time for leopard. All right, Greg. Well, thank you. That was a, that was a terrific detailed conversation. Thanks so much for your time here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. New interviews are added every week at Marketecture.tv and your favorite podcasting app.